0: This is Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher, where Kevin and his guests dig a little deeper into today's issues surrounding the environment, farming, gardening, and food. I'd like you to welcome my guest today, Ellen Montgomery, the director of the Public Lands Campaign for Environment America. Environment America says on their website that they are working together for clean air, clean water, clean energy, wildlife, open spaces, and a livable climate. Ellen runs campaigns to protect America's beautiful places, from local beachfronts to remote mountain peaks. Prior to her current role, Ellen worked as the organizing director for Environment America's Climate Defenders campaign. Ellen lives in Denver, where she likes to hike in Colorado's mountains. Welcome, Ellen.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Maybe we can start by you can tell us a little bit about Environment America. I'm not too sure a lot of my listeners, in fact, I didn't know too much about Environment America, but when I went to your website, I was really struck by how much stuff you're up to and how great it is.
1: Sure. So, Environment America is a national organization. We have 30 state offices, including Environment Connecticut. And we work for clean air, clean water, and uh, clean energy, as well as working for to protect public lands oceans uh, open spaces we are primarily a member supported organization so our members all across the country fund our work and take action uh, on our campaigns to push decision makers on the local state and national level to make the right decision to protect the planet
0: and you fear you're making some progress here?
1: I do. Yeah, you know, I've been working with the organization for over 20 years. I think we've made a huge amount of progress. You know, everything from yeah, you know, I think we're up to nine states that have uh limited or banned bee killing pesticides. We're seeing cities and states across the country committing to hundred uh, percent clean and renewable energy, working to ban some of the worst uh, single use plastics like styrofoam and, and plastic bags. So we've made a, a lot of progress over the, the last couple of decades and uh, really looking forward to the next couple.
0: Cool. Well, what attracted me to you was the stories I read about the Old Grove forests. You know, when I was a kid, my father took me to the Sequoia National Forest. I was about 12 years old, and I guess that's what cemented my being an environmentalist. I just fell in love with it. it. To me, it felt almost like going to church. Those trees were so huge, and I was just in awe, and I've even taken my kids back there to to see it and enjoy it, and they were equally impressed every time. And they uh, talk about it with me. Tell me a little bit about the, that. You know, protecting the old forests of our, our country.
1: Sure. Well, you've hit on a, a actually a very, I think, common experience, which is that people, Americans, love forests and and love trees. And there's something about being in a forest. You know, there's the wind. It's cooler. There's often running water. If you're quiet. <laughs> You can hear wildlife scurrying around and the idea of walking between and underneath trees that are older than you, uh, some hundreds of years old, is just it's something that I think really speaks to uh, speaks to a lot of people. It's uh, forests and especially older forests are, are really something that a lot of Americans value. And unfortunately, we have very, very, very few actual old growth forests left in this country. There was a massive amount of logging, you know, earlier in our country's history. And unfortunately, we continue to log in our national forests and on our federal land, making it hard for New old growth forests to grow and develop, uh, as well as also continuing to log in some of the very few last remaining old growth.
0: I know it's like I just wanted to emphasize the for me, the forest, it's so quiet, you know, when you're walking through there, I mean, the pine needle floors and, you know, it's just, to me, one of the most special places. So why are we allowing, Why? What's, what's with the public not being more up in arms with these companies that go into these forests and start cutting down the old growth forests?
1: Sure. I think a lot of people don't know that we're logging in old growth forests. And in fact, a lot of the American public doesn't realize that we do a lot of logging in national forests. so there are some there's some federal land where obviously logging doesn't happen. Uh, and people are used to going to places like you know, national parks or maybe they've gone to a wilderness area where there's not logging, but people don't realize that actually the national Forest system was set up to manage our forests for continued logging so that we can you know harvest that wood and and do things with it and that's actually the mission of or one of the missions of the national forest service and i think a lot of people don't realize that
0: you mean the national forest services you know one of their missions is to help harvest the wood
1: correct they have a sort of multiple use mission and so they're set they're set up to harvest the wood they're also you know supposed to be conserving for uh endangered species habitat and protecting water one of the things they're supposed to be doing is actually facilitating logging
0: wow i didn't know that either well that's not a good idea now so the i just read somewhere that the u.s forest service is taking action to protect and restore these vital forests uh, it, it's sort of a first of a kind uh, nationwide forest plan amendment. Are you familiar with that amendment? Is that a real thing? And when yes, know.
1: <laughs> yes, I am. It's um, so you know, as, as I said, the Forest Service has this mission, but under the Biden administration, the Forest Service and other agencies have been looking more at uh, climate impacts and you know, in addition to the things that you describe about being in a forest, you know, and just the sort of spiritual <laughs> well-being benefits, uh, we also we all know that forests are habitat for, for wildlife. But what you may not know is that the big old trees are also helping us fight climate change. So they are absorbing and storing carbon and the mature trees are doing that at a higher rate. And the big old trees are storing tons and tons of carbon in their branches and their trunks and their roots. And there's carbon being stored in the soil. And so Environment America and our coalition partners formed a coalition called the Climate Forest Campaign to push the Biden administration to protect our mature and old-growth forests as part of federal climate policy protecting these carbon sinks and as a result of our campaigning and as a result of prioritizing climate change and conservation in the Biden administration the forest service is taking this step to actually change the way that old growth is managed in our national forests that's a brand new announcement end of end of december they they announced that they're planning to do this uh, national forest plan amendment
0: I mean, the Biden administration, there's somebody or some a group of people within the administration that are on point, it looks like to me. I've seen more stuff come out of the Biden administration than I've seen in any recent administration. And so somebody is aware of all the things that we could do to help the planet. But is this reversible? I mean, we could get these people in, but what if what if another president comes in next? Can they just reverse it all and stop it?
1: Sure. That's a good question. So first I'll say the amendment hasn't actually been finalized yet. The announcement in December kicked off a year-long process where the amendment will actually be developed and then finalized. So step one, before we even worry about it being rolled back or defending it, is to make sure that this amendment truly protects all of the old growth that it's supposed to. And there will be a big opportunity for the public to weigh in on that this coming summer. We're expecting a 90-day public comment period, and that means there'll be a 90-day period where members of the public can weigh in with the Forest Service and let them know, you know, what kind of protections they want for old growth trees and forests and, you know, to make sure that this amendment is strong. Secondly, to your question of can it be rolled back, it's not quite as easy to roll back as some types of protection. So by amending all 128 national forest plans, in order to remove it, you would have to amend each of the individual ones or do a new national uh, forest plan amendment, which again, as I've said, the Biden administration kicked off this really 13 month long process with their announcement in uh, in December. And doing something like this includes set of bureaucratic processes and public review and and public comments. So it's certainly, I suppose, possible, but it's harder. And you, you know, have to get public public input to undo what you had done in the Mm -hmm. previous administration.
0: I would imagine there's a lot of uh, lobbyists for the paper mill industry and whatever other things. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. But I mean, it, it, it looks like there's a there's a limited amount of these old growth forests i mean i remember as a kid watching a disney cartoon about paul bunyan and he just was whacking trees down and and crossing from like say maine all the way across the upper part of through michigan and wisconsin and everything and that that was a real thing we had a lot more forests before they took them all down i mean even i think the the trees of lebanon for instance they used to build all the ships from all the trees in lebanon there are no trees in lebanon anymore
1: right right and especially in the eastern half of the country there's you know the odd old growth patch here and there but really there's not old growth we we logged it all
0: and why are they the strongest lines of defense against climate change and biodiversity loss as opposed to new forests
1: Sure, so a couple reasons. One is, as I said, the carbon big old trees are holding tons and tons of carbon. They're larger. They have more leaf surface area, bigger trunks, but you know, bigger root systems. So that's from the the climate change standpoint. And from the biodiversity standpoint, an old growth forest is a fully functional ecosystem. And I've heard people say, Scientists even say when you're in an old-growth forest, you know it. It's messy. There are different species of trees of different sizes. There are standing dead trees. There are fallen dead trees. There's a very well-developed understory. So that's the area on the ground with different wildlife and undergrowth plants. There's a well-developed canopy up at the top uh, where you know there's birds and critters that run around on the the tops of the trees and all of that comes from decades and decades and in some cases centuries and centuries of not being disturbed by humans and their chainsaws if you cut down all of that or part of it it disrupts the entire ecosystem. And it can take decades and decades to restore it.
0: Hmm. So what's the big deal here? What What are the companies after? I mean, what is such a majorly good product that they get out of cutting down old growth forests that we should allow this?
1: Honestly, most of the timber industry activity in the United States is not happening in national forests. Most of it's happening on private forest land. And so protecting these, big trees and the you know the the part that's that's old growth and that's mature in our national forest wouldn't really put that much of a dent in the timber industry and and wood product industries but the reason that and this makes sense if you think about it from the timber company standpoint cutting down a big tree you get more logs <laughs> And more pulp out of that single tree than if you cut down a bunch of little ones so you could see where the where the appeal would be
0: and what are they making out of it
1: i mean we make all kinds of things out of out of wood and it it depends obviously on the the type of the type of tree but you know it's everything from wood pellets that are burned as a so-called renewable energy source there's pulp that makes paper there's furniture there's you know, construction, we do, we do a lot with with wood products. But again, as I say, most of that wood doesn't actually come from our national forests in, in the U.S.
0: What percentage is that? I mean, if the national forest is, as you say, are fairly protected from the logging, how much more of it is private?
1: I believe it's somewhere around 5% of timber industry business happens in um, national forests.
0: Hmm. And could we do without it? I mean, if if we just say said no more logging in in the name of uh, climate change or you know mitigating the uh, the warming of the planet, is, is can we do without cutting down these trees for the reasons that they give?
1: Oh, we definitely can. And to be clear, our campaign is not even calling for an end to all logging in national forests. We're simply calling for an end to logging of the oldest. Trees in our national forests. We can absolutely do without it given the benefits that we get from these trees. They're absolutely worth more standing than they are as timber.
0: My guest is Ellen Montgomery. She's the director of the Public Lands Campaign for Environment America out there doing some good stuff. Go to their website. It's pretty impressive. There's a lot of stuff there. In fact, can you just tell us a little bit about how, I mean, I saw forest after forest after forest that you're sort of watching over. Um, how many are there and, and you feel you're, you're doing a good job uh, protecting them?
1: Sure. Well, so there are 128 national forests total, and we have the really good fortune to be working with the larger forest community across the country. So there are great groups in every state with national forests who are really doing the the on-the-ground forest-watching work. And then our organization and other organizations that we're working with have all banded together to, you know, rather than logging project by logging project, trying to stop each one individually, instead working to run this national campaign where we can change the way that the forests are managed and just stop them all.
0: Hmm. And you think there's some progress in that regard?
1: We do. Uh, I do. So since we launched this campaign to protect mature and old growth forests, which was back in February of 2022, President Biden issued an executive order that April on Earth Day directing federal agencies to develop policies to protect mature and old growth trees and forests. And then that's led to this proposed amendment, which was announced in in December. So we are absolutely making progress in moving towards some more national standards and changes in the way that our biggest, oldest trees are managed.
0: Hmm. And a lot of these forests were declared national forests quite a while ago. When's the last time a, a forest area was declared to be a national forest?
1: You know, I do not know the answer to that question. I'm guessing it was quite some time ago.
0: Right, seems like they were more interested in it at that, you know, way back when the Rockefellers and a lot of the other, you know, Roosevelt, they they were doing that a lot. Seems a, a shame that we don't protect more of these. I do see some millionaires buying up land and and making making them sort of uh, private or not or uh, some kind of protection for them. So that's a good thing. Do you think telling the public about the forests? Is it better to tell them the good news about the forest or let them know that there's some bad news? Do you you think you get more action out of the collective mindset of the people if you tell them good news or bad news?
1: I think people like good news. We all like good news, right? (laughs) And the fact that we actually have an opportunity to take action, I think that's the good news part. The bad news part is describing the specifics of some of the planned logging projects and unfortunately sharing when logging has has begun on them, which I, I do think motivates people to take action, but they're not going to be motivated to take action. I'm generally not motivated to take action unless I've got some assurance that my action is likely to make a difference. And so I think the good news is that we know we're being heard by the Biden administration that we've seen movement and that there's a lot of people who really care about this.
0: Yes, for sure. And do you think it's there's uh, more people are joining in with this kind of idea of protecting the forests, or, or in general? I mean, Environment America is not just about the forests. We're talking about forests today, but you you do all kinds of things with the oceans and and with plastics and things like that. But do you think more and more people, uh, not just with your group, but with all kinds of groups, are getting it finally that they feel that the planet is threatened and we should be doing something about it?
1: I do think so. I think you know polls that i've seen show that the majority of people value clean air, clean water, wildlife, parks. you know, it depends on on what you're asking, but we we know that being able to get outdoors, spending time with your family outdoors, protecting the habitat of different species is something that all americans value and i think if we can continue to talk about those values, we can continue to make make progress in in the right direction. I'll say specifically on the forests, we have seen an increase in engagement and participation from when we first launched this campaign to last summer when more than 500,000 people, so more than half a million people, got involved in a big comment period directed at the Forest Service to call on them to make a policy or to do something to protect these old trees. And that was was really exciting, and we're we're expecting that even more people will get involved this this coming summer when we really have the opportunity to weigh in on what this amendment is going to look like
0: and also the lobbyists for all these firms that are out there in, in the old growth forest that they're, they're they're out there pushing their point of view too as well
1: yeah, there's definitely Definitely a lot of a, a lot of viewpoints being uh, being advanced, but I think the advantage that we have is goes back to the very first thing that you and I were talking about, which is that how much people love being in the forest and how many people have had that experience.
0: Sure. And yeah, I just got to bring it up because I just read something the other day that there's a Dr. King Lee. He's a professor of Nippon Medical School in Tokyo. And he says that heading into the forest can help boost your happiness and well-being. It's called forest bathing in Japan or Shinrin-yoku. And it's a Japanese term that emerged in the 80s that says um, going out into the forest benefits include less stress, boosting your immune system, anti-cancer proteins. We have a biological need for uh, us to connect to nature says Lee, and the longer you're there the better. I think that I find that interesting and
1: I I love that. I've experienced it myself. I don't I don't know that we have a specific name for it in in the United States or but I think there's a reason that so many people visit our national forests at, and state forests and you know any, any forests every year. And there's a, a reason that children enjoy them. There's a reason that people like to take their families there. I think they make us calmer. They make us happier. They speak to the imagination.
0: I agree with you. I think that the young Kevin Gallagher experienced Shinrin Yoku when he went to the Sequoia National Forest so many years ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, thank you so much for your, the work you're doing and for coming on and explaining some of these things. What's a, what's some final word you could leave the listeners as, as to what they could do to have some impact?
1: The biggest thing that people can do to have an impact on this campaign will be stick a, a calendar hold for May, probably, when we'll see the draft National Forest Plan amendment come out and there will be a lot of opportunities to get involved in the interim talking to your you know, friends and family and community about the importance of mature and old growth trees and forests. And then our campaign has a lot of volunteer opportunities. So if folks are interested in organizing an event or writing a letter to the editor or writing a letter to the Forest Service, we've got resources for, for all of those things. And you can find some of that on our website and some of that by contacting me through our website.
0: Well, and I think I could probably add that you vote for the candidates that support this kind of stuff as well. Well, my guest has been Ellen Montgomery, the director of the Public Lands Campaign for Environment America. Thank you so much for joining me, Ellen.
1: Thank you so much, Kevin. You've been listening to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher.